You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Praise be the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and welcome to this edition of Real Presence Live. As we are coming to you from two different locations, we hope to have Father Leffer rejoining us shortly after having uh, celebrated Mass for us at his parish up in Walsh County, and I, Father James Gross, another priest of the Diocese of Fargo, am coming to you from the beautiful Near South Side Historic District in Grand Forks, North Dakota, at uh, the Real Presence Radio Studios here in the Grand Cities, and I'm reminded of what uh, the late great Paul Harvey used to say on this day. Good morning, Americans. It's Friday. It might be difficult to know just what day of the week it is with the uh, up topsy-turvy lifestyle of many of our listeners here because of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Rest assured that we are offering our prayers and support to those who have to be on the front lines of this battle, especially uh, first responders and healthcare uh, professionals. Thank you for all that you are doing for the sacrifices that you are making for our for our well-being and we have father leffer with us this morning yes i'm i'm online with you and we'll 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 try this trusty uh comrex field tap to see if it'll it'll cooperate a little better today Terrific. Yes, we're we were looking for uh, solutions to make sure that you uh, uh, stay with us and and don't wander through the course of the program. So um, we're looking forward to that. And uh, so let's begin with our first conversation today, as we're going to be looking at some of the services that the church is providing for people during the course of these extraordinary times. We have with us uh, Jim Kenyon from Catholic Social Services of Rapid City. Uh, welcome to Real Presence Live, Jim. Yeah, good to have, uh, good to be with you, and I appreciate the opportunity to share about the good news that's going on and the way Christ's love is active and present throughout our diocese. The midst of Excellent. And we also have uh, Father Leffer, you'll love this Ukrainian name, Diane Nechaparenko from Catholic Charities North Dakota, joining us from Fargo. Good morning, welcome to Real Presence Live. Well, good morning, and thank you for the opportunity. Perfect, perfect pronunciation of Nechaparenko. <laughs> I have a little bit of practice from Ukrainian one of my former parishes in north-central uh, North Dakota. Oh, sure, up by the Butte. <laughs> Max Butte, yes. Yep, yep. yep. that's mm-hmm. where it originated. Yes. Very good. Well, first of all, let's uh, hear a little bit from you, Jim, about uh, if you could just kind of orient us uh, to um, the work that you do and uh, how long you've been with uh, Catholic Social Services of Rapid City. You know, I'm one of those ex-seminarian transplants that got called into social ministry in the church, so I've uh, been with <laughs> Catholic Social Services, which is my home diocese for the past 29 years, and did a couple of years before that in the Diocese of Winona. It's just a as just an online counselor there, but I'm the executive director here. Excellent. And and Diane, we're not going to put you on the spot by re- divulging the number of years uh, necessarily, but uh, um, suffice to say you've been involved with uh, Catholic Charities for some time now? Yes, I've been here since uh, 2013. I came a week after Bishop Folda. Okay, so yep, that synchronizes very, very closely. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, and uh, let's just go ahead and begin, uh, Jim, with you talking about um, these uh, extraordinary times and, and uh, tell us about a couple of the ways that Catholic Social Services in Rapid City has been responding to the needs that are arising there. You know, we've just done a tremendous pivot here. And um, part of that, as the pandemic started breaking out and we started having restrictions and closing schools, 
really required that we do some shifting because some of the programs and services we were offering um, in school-based settings were more difficult to offer. The other thing that was getting very clear was that the economic impact was going to be extraordinary. So we've really gone through and reevaluated our programs and services. We've really literally put on a hiring freeze, not replaced about three positions, transitioned those to be focused on meeting immediate needs, and, and reinstituted our, our continuity of operations plans so that all of our staff can work remotely and to be able to uh, move in the direction of providing case management services and began to apply for funding to be able to provide financial assistance to families that are going to be running into needs of, of food, clothing, and shelter and medical kinds of services. And so um, have four um, case managers, two who are volunteers, um, that are reviewing applications from families throughout western South Dakota, whether they be Catholic or not. Uh, set up a website. We've already allocated about $18,000 worth of immediate needs for families. In addition, we've transitioned all of our mental health to doing telehealth. We're doing training for our local parishes to try and um, assist them as they do outreach into their own parishes. Many of them are making calls, checking on elderly, seeing if there are needs, helping get people registered for for um financial assistance if they need, and also trying to assist them um, in doing a mental health screening um, to try and take a look at a, a, a mental health needs and referring those who are indicated, according to the PHQ-2, um, in food for further screening. And that's a tremendous concern for us in our region. Um, and I can talk more about that, but should certainly should have Diane go ahead and share as well. Yeah, and we'll ask Father Leffer to go ahead and jump on in here too. Yeah, Diane, so, you know, this week we received a, a very exciting email from Bishop Fulda in regard to something that uh, Catholic Charities North Dakota is up to in regard to grant money. Could you could you share with our listeners what that's all about? Oh, I would love to. Um, <clears throat> Catholic Charities USA typically has disaster relief that we apply for, for like the Minot flood, uh, um, tornadoes, for disaster relief to help with people whose needs aren't being met to their insurance or for whatever other reason. Well, they recently, uh, they, they jumped on the bandwagon very quickly and released funds and allowed us to apply for grants uh, through the disaster relief, but instead of of earthly disasters, it's the coronavirus. So we applied for a grant for the state of North Dakota, and they were giving out $10,000 grants. And being as we covered two dioceses, they gave us $10,000 for each diocese. And um, we had a Catholic Charities um, charity care program already in the Fargo Diocese because we have money that comes in earmarked for charity care in the Fargo Diocese. And what this did was allowed us to open it up to the entire state in regards to people who've lost their jobs, are homeless, or for whatever reason, the COVID has, a disaster has hit them, and this $20,000 has been earmarked. And very similar to Jim, we have a program in place that can help with gas, bus passes, food, collaborating efforts to help cover for um, apartment rent. We've been able to help homeless folks for one or two night stays in hotels where they absolutely have no place to go and are fearful of the homeless shelters, which them themselves are full. So Catholic Charities has really stepped forward, and they also received a $4 million grant from the Robert Wood Johnson uh, foundation, 
and they applied on Friday, received it Monday, and they sent out uh, money um, to each of the Catholic charities, from my understanding, that we could use for further assistance. So we put it towards telehealth to allow our counselors, our guardians, our adoption agents to use more of the technology to reach their clients. Um, beings were kind of in a shutdown and people really should be staying at home. But our state contracts and whatnot still require that we see these clients. So we've gotten much more technology and allowing staff to stay home. For those who are just joining us, we're visiting with a couple of people who are doing a very pivotal work in the midst of the uh, coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Jim Kenyon from Catholic Social Services of Rapid City, and also Diane Nechaparenko uh, coming to us from Catholic Charities, North Dakota. And uh, Father Leffer, uh, we'll ask you to jump back in. Yeah, so... Uh, I guess I want put it, to put it this way. Can you hear me? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I, I was just going to say, you know, with all these opportunities, things, how, you know, just from your both, Jim, your perspective, how important is it that the Catholic Church is visible out there on the front lines, um, you know, being aware that this time, helping with the needs of all the people? Yeah, you know, it, at this point in time, I, I would just say it's absolutely critical. And, and as a pro-life community, we really have a tremendous responsibility you know, and I, I'm just so grateful. I know pastors in North Dakota as well. I'm sure in South Dakota, you know, many of our local pastors are looking for ways to actively reach out to their vulnerable population. As anyone knows, you know, basically there are two scourging demons that really affect people who have either anxiety or depression or substance abuse. And that's immobility and isolation. And those two are literally um, crushing factors in the midst of what we're doing to try and stay healthy which is create social distancing, but isolating those folks increases the risk of use and abuse um, and struggles with regards to functioning and suicide risk. So our pastors that are, that are initiating, reaching out and calling those folks that they know are vulnerable, reaching out to the elderly to find out, is it, can, can we drop off groceries, making sure that people are connected to their, to their parishes and their online masses and services, um, it's just critical for the well-being of so many people. Um, our natural support systems in many ways have dropped away. And, and that's not the time when Jesus would sit on his, sit on his keister. He'd be up and active and try and figure out, how do, how do I make sure I connect people to the love of the Father and his mercy and to the, and to the support of the brothers and sisters who help us live a healthy life? And so, so grateful to see that kind of response from our local pastors and, and so grateful to be a part of helping them think through how do we make sure that families that will need those services have them. Um, and, and then being smart enough to realize that, you know, all of us have seen about a 40% increase in suicide in the last four years. Um, this could certainly be compounded greatly by this. So just initiating a very simple, easy screen and helping connect those folks to either Diane's staff or my staff or local mental health centers is going to be critical to, to helping people get through the midst of this. Yeah. 
And uh, Diane, I also wanted to ask you about uh, some of the other things that Catholic Charities is normally doing because we've been focusing on some of the extra efforts we're making with regard to um, uh, telehealth and counseling and, and things like that. But uh, in, in your office, you still have uh, adoption cases to be processed. You have guardianship uh, cases to monitor. So uh, can you share with us you know, some of the different angles from that in terms of how you're able to uh, keep those things going in the midst of everything? else. Right. Well, most of our staff currently are working from from home, mm-hmm. but with all of our contracts, it's still it's still considered face-to-face time. So they've been very creative um, looking at Microsoft t- meetings or they've they've been able to spend more time with case managers with um, families with through through technology, but they're also very creative because we're still traveling. We're still, you know, creating our own hand sanitizer, going to the distilleries, providing masks, you know, trying to protect the clients we see as well as our staff. And so you might see them out in the yard talking to someone through the window because we still need to see the babies. You know, mm-hmm. we might... Um, people who are coming for needs or passing things through the doors. I mean, staff are resilient and they're extremely creative with how to meet people's needs but keep everybody safe and follow what the governors are asking us to do. Um, So we haven't skipped a beat. Everybody's needs are being met. They're just being met more creatively and in in a different venue. Well, thank goodness for that. And uh, Jim, go ahead, Father Leffer. Yeah, Jim, I'm really curious, you know, because, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that the economy is really going to take a, a hit here, especially on the lower income type people and so forth. Are are, are you guys worried about the increased need that's going to be coming down down the pipe here or anything? Tremendously. And, and that's really why I suggested, I mean, literally, I've cut my development director um, and assumed those responsibilities. And, and he was transitioning, but gave us an opportunity to really secure $50,000 that we're going to need to assist families that are going to need food, clothing, shelter, be able to pay their utility bills and figure out how to cover their house payments. Um, We've had another staff member that worked for our Lakota Circle of Hope Prevention Program, and as she transitioned out, we're shifting all those funds and whatever staff time we have to help us do disaster case management and to train volunteers so we aren't replacing positions who can help us sort through and figure out which families are impacted by coronavirus and which ones are just a chronic um, poverty issue. And that doesn't mean we aren't sensitive to that, but the donor dollars we have are really focused on those families who have temporarily lost their employment. And another group that we're really concentrating on right now is to try and reach out to our farm and ranch communities. They've been economically devastated due to very low cattle prices for a long time. And now a lot of our, especially in the state of South Dakota, our largest employer in Sioux Falls has literally been been closed and those Smithfield processing literally literally are are piling up and they're going to start euthanizing those hogs because they have nowhere to go with them until they can get that place reopened those 500 people that contracts deliver those livestock have nowhere to go with them and those families are are reeling from the loss of income for their families so food clothing shelter needs have to be first and foremost our priority and it's time for us as catholic charities not to worry about healing the inner child which is sometimes addressing the psychological needs 
in reality, over the next year, I anticipate that it's going to be feeding the literal children in our communities and our families. And just like the gospel was about today, Jesus can take the little crumbs of bread and fish and feed 5,000. And as Catholic Charities and Parish, we have to step up and stand out to extend that kind of love and mercy to our brothers and sisters. Are gonna, we're going to really experience an economic pinch, probably like we haven't seen certainly in my lifetime. Catholic Charities is the kind of group that, as you alluded to from the Gospel uh, today, uh, is able to make a, a lot with just a, a little in order to um, uh, provide uh, help. Uh, we just have a couple of minutes left here, Diane. Could you share with us uh, briefly uh, the impact that you are seeing so far as a result of uh, what what you've been doing since the pandemic started? I, I could think definitely about how you, know, um, you were enabled to be in contact with people in you know, more ways than, let's say, if this had happened 40 or 50 years ago, you know, so with the technology we have available, for example. Well, and I'm not sure what they did when the the swine flu and all those things were going on, because um, with our cell phones, with with our iPads, with our Zoom meetings, and I mean, we would be devastated without having the technology. And, um, you know, that that alone has kind of tapped budgets, making sure everybody has the resources to be able to go out and serve those in need because we didn't do telehealth prior to this. All of our counseling was done in-house. Um, but then we also see that in our personal resources. You know, we have a, a Giving Heart, or we have a Catholic Charity Sunday that we do every year at the end of September, and that's going to need to, to change. I mean, even even how we do our personal fundraising in business is going to have to significantly change, and we're already seeing how that impacts donations and contributions um, to Catholic Charities in North Dakota. And those... Those donations are throughputs. You know, we receive them and we utilize them to cover the resources of all the citizens of North Dakota, no matter what faith you are. And so that also impacts how and what we can do for business. Mm-hmm. And so uh, quickly, as we're wrapping up here, Diane, could in case people need to uh, get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do that to Catholic Charities? They can go to our website, um, all of the office assistants are in the offices, so they can call the main number, 701-235-4457, mm-hmm. or they can also just drop us an email. We're responding to everything. There's there's not been anything that's been shut down. Wonderful. And, and Jim, just quickly, how can people contact you folks uh, in western South Dakota? Again, our application and telehealth application are both online, and it would be cfsrapidcity.com. Um, that is our website, phone number 605-348-6086. And just mm-hmm. very grateful for all your help in helping us get the word out. Um, Catholic Radio is just an extraordinarily powerful vehicle throughout our region. And I don't know how we do what we do without your support. Well, we are so grateful to be able to partner with you. Uh, Diane and Jim, thank you for taking time to visit with us and be assured of our continued prayers for all of you and your staff. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
you're welcome. Well, coming up next on this Friday edition of Real Presence Live, we'll take a few moments to pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, bringing your personal intentions to our most merciful Lord, and later find out what it's like to lead a university without students. We'll visit with one local university president about his experience. All this and more during the second hour of Real Presence Live, which continues right after this. Thank you. 